All right, welcome in episode 111 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Jadon. With me, as always, Spencer Maddox today, season six, episode 11. Uh, we're going to start talking Hawks, talking NBA playoffs, talk about the Braves and a few other things. But first, Coach's Corner, the number one sports bar in Savannah, our title sponsor for the Hot Grits Podcast. Check them out online, www.coaches.net. In person at 3016 East Victory Drive, call ahead, 912-352-2933. Check out the other shows on the Coach's Corner Sports Network as well. That's Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Brandon Bain, NASCAR show every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. on Coach's Corner Facebook. Um, you can check out old episodes, archived episodes of that show on YouTube. You can also do the same thing for the Carl Damasi show on Saturday mornings, Wednesday nights. Uh, talking baseball, also on the Who is on First Base baseball podcast with Kyle Lawson. Um, got a lot of shows on the Coach's Corner Sports Network, so make sure you check those out. Um, again, find them on YouTube or the Coach's Corner Facebook page. Go to Coach's Corner today. Tell them we sent you uh, NBA playoffs coming up, NFL draft not too far away, and then the Braves every night, as well as a full list of concerts and everything else. All right, let's get after it for 111th time, the Hot Chris Podcast. I've always kind of believed in aliens. I don't know if I believe in flying saucers. You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, cranking heat or something. Yeah. Him right in the face. Punch a little baby right in. <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast and yet to bring up not one sport. Roll out. Come on, You over there. You over there. All right, here we go. Hawk Ritz podcast. Uh, Spencer, we got to start with your Hawks, I feel like, right? We got to start with the NBA playoffs. And the Atlanta Hawks, are you good with that? I think I know the answer. Yeah, I'm good that. with that. A lot is a lot has happened since the last time we recorded, dude. Well, why don't you Three take Hawks. us take us somewhere? Take us somewhere, uh, and, we'll, and we'll start wherever you take okay. us. Okay. So last time we recorded, we were talking about Hawks versus Hornets, and I said, like truthfully, I said that Danilo Gallinari was going to be a big X factor in that game. This was big on Twitter. People were talking about it. You know what I mean? Maybe not big. Maybe big's not the word, but it was blasted on Twitter. You had a terrible Danilo Gallinari take, and I wanted to put you on blast about that. He <laughs> was an X-Factor. He was an X-Factor. He was an important part of that game, especially early going, and they had no answer for him. Um, so I wanted to give you the floor and give okay. some flowers to Danilo. Danilo, hand up. He was what you said he was going to be in those two play-in games. I mean, look, he was not – a world beater, but he was better than garbage, which was what he had been before that. Um, so I'll give you credit on that take. Uh, I would, dude, I was like not that shocked when the Hawks beat, when, when they won both of those playing games. Like when they beat the Hornets, I thought they were going to win. When they beat the Cavs, right. I, I thought they were going to win that game as well. Um, but then, dude, then they run into the Heat game one. And I mean, maybe I'm like just, being swayed by being a prisoner of the moment, but they looked gas. Like it looked like they expended all their energy trying to get into the damn thing. And then sort of just punted in game one, they lost 115 to 91, bro. They got their ass beat in game one. Yeah. I mean, they, they were gas and it's, 
Dude, what's up with the scheduling? I mean, I, a lot of people were saying on Twitter, like, this, the Hawks shouldn't have been in the play-in game. It's no excuse. Like, if they weren't in the play-in game, they wouldn't have had to deal with that. But that's beside the point. Why would you ever schedule the winner of the play-in game to turn around and play in less than 40 hours in an early afternoon game? Like, 1 p.m. on Sunday after just playing two back-to-back winner-go-home games. Of course they lost. They had no shot. Whenever I found out they had they were playing on that 1 p.m. game, I was like, well, they're losing that one. Like, they have no chance. They're already a big underdog, but with Miami having the rest advantage, it might as well have been a back-to-back for Atlanta that they were playing, and it's an important playoff game. You know what so I mean? you thought they were going to lose game one? I knew they were going to lose game one. Oh, like, okay. I, so I, you're not worried? Are you worried at all? Does game one sway your opinion at all for the rest of the series? Um... Does that I make mean, sense? Like, whatever 1-0. you thought before game one, whatever you thought before game one, it, like, no, it's, do you still think it's still that? true? It's still true. I the exactly what I thought about game or you know before game one about the series is still true because they gotta they gotta go one and one in Miami, in my opinion. Um, to like to have their best chance, they gotta they gotta split one of these two games. Is there a world in where they win the series because they went o two in Miami? And then won back-to-back games in Atlanta, sure. But you that's not what you want if you're the Hawks. I think you now Tuesday night's game becomes really important. Um, you'd like to go back to Atlanta 1-1 and then have a chance to put it 3-1. You know, I mean, that's that's their really best chance of winning the series is holding serve at home and taking one in Miami uh, early in the series. Um, so that's that still can happen. But it became a lot tougher whenever they were completely gassed in game one. And a lot of people forget about their run last year. They won game one of every series on the road. They won it in New York. Ooh, they won it in Philly. I like that's that. Yeah, they, won it, they came out that. and punched people in the mouth. Um, so you'd like to see them win Tuesday. Uh, it, the series isn't over by any means if they lose Tuesday, but for them to have the best chance, they need to win early on the road in the series. You don't want, you don't want to be playing a game seven in Miami. You know what I mean? Uh, no, like, no, that, and you that's don't, a nightmare. Yeah. I guess, I guess it was already given that like, you have to assume that they're going to win every game in the farm. Like if you're going to try to make the case for the Hawks winning, winning this series. Yeah. Somewhere in that case, you, it's an automatic assumption. They win every game at home. Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. So like, Tuesday night then for, for me, because and that's when the Hawks play game two, Tuesday night in Miami, Friday night back on the farm um, in Atlanta for game three. Uh, so if you're listening to this on time tonight, when the Hawks play Miami, they're seven and a half point underdogs, something like that. Uh, right. Dude, I don't see any shot of them winning this game. And for me, like, then I shift my, my tune. If they're down 0-2, this series is over. I really think that. But, but I don't know. at the same time, I thought that, like, I I guess I thought that, that the Hawks would lose the first two games, but I didn't, it, it can't look like it did game one. It can't be 115 to 91 no. and me still yeah. be on board. No, no, I agree. I, and they they can't played, lose by 20. He, Trey Young played so bad, man. Like, he was really, really bad in game yeah. one. And that was surprising after what he did in those play-in games. I mean, he had eight points. Yeah. Well, he he wasn't making a shot, but also he wasn't getting into like the teeth of the defense. It, he really 
Trey looked gassed to me more than anyone else, and he never looks gassed. He never looks like, you know, exasperated or, you know, frustrated. He just always keeps, like, plugging. He just keeps going, and eventually it works out for him. Um, but he couldn't figure it out, and I think that really is, like, just exhaustion, man. Like, he's he's done a lot this year. He led the, he led the league in points and assists. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you yeah. don't do that without playing a bunch of games, and that's a tiny little dude to be doing all that, you know. Um, so um, I want to see, I want to see how he looks in, on Tuesday. I still think Trey Young's the best player in the series, though. In fact, I know he is, just talent wise. So I agree with that. I agree with that. So I mean, if you've got the best player, you've got a shot, no matter what. Who's um, the second? Who's the second best player in the series? Jimmy Butler, I guess. Maybe I mean you can make an argument for Bam Adebayo. I would think honestly. Bam Adebayo. That's what I would think. What do you think yeah. when Jimmy Butler and Trey Young got into that little, uh, you know, they were chest to chest early in that game? Well, did you up? see that? Yeah, I I liked it. Uh, what's what's up with the Hawks, dude? Is Trey Young the toughest dude on the team? You know what I mean? Why is he the one doing? That's a good point. Yeah. You know who brought. You know who this is what happened and I'm just think, I'm just realizing this now so this is a take fresh off the top uh Bruno Fernando is the guy that brought that kind of energy to the Hawks last no, year No it was Solomon Hill it, dude false no, It was Bruno Fernando who brought the toughness and the grit and now he's got it all in Houston Houston's got a stud in Bruno Fernando that's probably <laughs> what it is That's probably what it is but I never I haven't thought about that that's that's true like Yeah well, who it, are we I'm, not I'm, putting in a fight? Who's the last person the Hawks? I mean, Carter's got to be pretty low on the totem pole. I would think he's not, dude. That's that's uh, you would think it, right? You're you would think it because Kayvon, dude. I'm talking about Kevin. All right, yeah. So that he's he's got a split personality, but he's like one of the fieriest ones. Honestly, I would say he's the second fieriest after Trey. Trey will is fight anybody. A, is that a pun? Is that a red haired? Are you doing a red? No, 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 no pun intended. Okay, no, of course, never mind. I think I put DeAndre Hunter at the very bottom, dude. He looks like a scared puppy dog anytime anything gets like. Oh even my a little god! Dusty. Yeah, dude, DeAndre Hunter, like, oh my god, he literally looks like the the cliche sports writer talking point of like the moment's too big for him. He looks yeah. like the poster child for that. And I, and I thought that, and then he had a huge playing game. I don't actually remember if it was Cleveland or. Uh, against the Hornets, where he just came out and like played really well. It was it was against the Hornets. Played really well in that third quarter, and like kind of pushed them over the edge. And he's been terrible all year long. Don't let anybody lie to you and say that that dude's been good. He's been a bad player, like a clear negative in my mind. Um, so that was super surprising. He looked like DeAndre Hunter from a year ago. Um, the Hawks aren't going to win this series if that dude doesn't show up even a little bit. You know what I mean? They're going to get blown out. It, it doesn't matter what Trey Young does. If your three guard or your small forward can't play some good defense when he was drafted to play championship level defense, it's over with. So, it, it like, he really is the biggest player in the series, in my mind. If he can show up and be, like, a stud on somebody and, like, neutralize one player, the Hawks have a shot. And it's all going to depend on how Trey Young shoots the ball, but the Hawks still have a shot if he can neutralize one guy. If he can't, it's over with. Like you have to have a defensive stopper. Yeah, my note, my note on. Uh, well, who's who's the backup guard that was like playing really, really good defensively, especially DeLon against Wright. DeLon, DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright, like, a, like he he played really well. But I don't, I just don't know if the Hawks can afford to give up 
I mean, essentially like an entire position on the offensive end. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's like, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak with him. But um, on DeAndre Hunter, it always feels like he will play well in the moments that the rest of the team is also playing well. Like he yeah. is never the guy that, that puts, puts a stop to things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. He, when everyone else is going poorly, like DeAndre Hunter seems to be squarely in the middle of it. Right. When it's going it's, badly. It's, a lot of the same stuff that plagues a guy like Andrew Wiggins. You know what I mean? He's not right. like somehow it, a Western Conference All Star starter this year. Like that unreal. is absurd. Um, unreal. Well, I want to talk about Trey Young a little bit more, um, but quickly, what do you think of Bogey? I, I felt like I wish he could have given him more minutes because he was like good in those minutes. But maybe that's the tipping point. Like if he starts getting more minutes, that's when his performance starts to go down i don't know enough about his injury or like you well, know see, how far into it into the rehab he is but the ahead. injury stuff is like that is what it is we're just not going to know what's going on with his injury um but if assuming health i was actually going to bring this up i'd like to see deandre hunter's minutes get cut uh you bring in delon Wright essentially at the two and then you put kevin hurt a mix of kevin herter bogey at the three and the two, you know what I mean? So you rotate those three guys at the wing, basically. Um, I would cut DeAndre Hunter's minutes down to like 20 minutes a game instead of 32 or 35, whatever it is now. I like that. Because he's, he's clearly been the worst player on the team. Um, like clearly, all, out of all the rotation players. Um, but they're not going to do that. That's not what. That's not how Nate operates. He just runs with what he's got, and he continues like, even if it's not working, he just has faith in it, which, give him credit, like, it's worked for him in the past. Um, but yeah, I, what about John I'd Collins? like to see what's going on with John Collins. I, I mean, he's playing. Uh, I don't know how healthy he is, I, yeah, but it was not, hard. not at all. Not at all healthy. Yeah. It, it was hard like to it. tell. It was hard to tell with him yesterday because they were playing so poorly and he's not going to shoot the ball. Well, like we know that because his fingers hurt. So it was hard to tell how healthy his legs are because he didn't get a lot of never really. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if it's a competitive game and he can just give them defense and like some dunks. That's all that that's all you need from him because he's the only lob threat left with Capella out. I mean, other than Okongwu, obviously, but he's the only like, Danilo is not a, a lob threat or a vertical guy. No. And, and Danilo for as great as he was in the play in games, um, he had 17 points game one, 29 minutes and a minus 17. Plus minus. Yeah, he looks. He he. It's it's tough. He's just DeAndre not a Hunter player. with DeAndre Hunter with the nearly impossible feat of achieving uh, a minus thirty one. Plus minus differential. Yeah, I mean he looks. He was terrible. six for eight shooting, <laughs> two for two from threes. Yeah, but provided carelessness. Like I mean, it's. I don't bad. care what his line says. I don't care how like many shots he hit. He's still the worst player on the floor, period. Like, he can go out and shoot 10 for 10, have a great shooting game, and still be like minus a billion because he's just lost. And, and if you try and put that guy on the best like, player on the other team, he's going to get burned. So yeah, he has to show up defensively, and that's the most important thing. And it's the opposite for Bogey because that's, if he's not making shots, he's going to be bad he was 0 for 8 yeah. in game one after being really good i thought in the playing game uh, especially against cleveland um 
he was bad. 0 for 8 from the field for a guy that got 26 minutes is going to be devastating, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. obviously. Um, so Tough what do you think? Do. What do you think moving forward? Tuesday night, minus seven and a half, I think. I'll look that up. But what do you think? Tuesday, Friday, um, and even after that, beyond next time we record, I guess could be like the hawk season could be done the next time we record theoretically you don't see that happening i i don't i think it's going to be i still think it could be a long series uh they've got to extend this thing until possibly capella gets back you know what i mean maybe capella comes back in a week we don't know um they gotta they gotta like scrap a win out something in like in miami if they don't if they don't go two and oh in atlanta it's over with period so i mean if they go one and one and then go down, you know, or it goes two two going back to Miami, no shot, dude. I I do not believe this team can win two games on the road to save their season. I just don't believe it. Um, so they they can't lose at home and they got to pick up one away. And if they can do that, they're moving on. I do think, assuming health, I would pick the Hawks if they had all their guys. I I really would pick the Hawks to beat this team. I think Miami's a bit of a paper tiger. Um, I don't oh, think they match up. Oh my up. god! Yeah, I I, I don't have them tiger. winning the East. Yeah, I don't have them winning the East. I'll be like blunt about that. I think they're probably the fourth best team in the East. Maybe maybe the fifth. Um, wow! So this is this is bulletin board material. You know, Jay Bud's yeah. going to hear this. Yeah, well, you know, your younger brother's going to hear this. I, I I think they're much better than the Hawks. Whenever this current version of the Hawks, with where these guys are hurt, I think they're better. Um, so the Hawks have got to, this is, it would be a major upset if they won, obviously if it's one and eight, but they got to get a win away. So that's, that's my take. Uh, we'll see. We'll see, man. All right. Well, I want to bounce through the rest of the playoffs, but I got to circle back to one thing with Trey young, uh, quickly against Cleveland when he had that terrible first half before he just absolutely exploded. Um, in the second half, I texted you and I had the text pulled up. Friday night at 8.44 p.m. I can't believe how awful Trey is playing. He has more turnovers than shots made. DeAndre Hunter legitimately looks terrified every, every time he's involved. He responded, that'll do it. Further <laughs> down, okay, 70 minutes later, I go, laugh out loud, Trey is good, Nevs, never mind. <laughs> I go... Let's fucking go. Ha, ha, ha. Unreal. Eight seed ceiling. <laughs> That's how quickly things will change. Listen, um, I, I, said, I said that'll do it whenever Capella got hurt, and I was stunned by how the team responded. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been, but, I mean, they really came, like, guns blazing, dude. Everybody did. I mean, Trey was phenomenal, but the whole team was playing well. Yeah, no doubt. Unreal. Uh, all right, let's talk about the rest of the NBA playoffs. First, going to tell the people about John Carr Realtor. John Carr is the number one realtor in Savannah, in the surrounding area. Whether you want to buy or sell real estate in this area, he's your guy. Uh, three-time reigning Realtor of the Month over at Seaport Real Estate, 7505 Waters Avenue, uh, 912-228-0916. If you want to call or text John Selling, buying, or you just want to learn more, John is the guy. He knows the area like the back of his hand. And he is selling houses left and right in Savannah and in the surrounding area. So call or text him today at 912-228-0916.
You can also find him online, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram as well. John Carr Realtor, a segment sponsor for us here on Hot Grits and one of Savannah's best realtors. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about another NBA playoff series before we get to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Spencer, the Nets and Celtics played an instant classic in game one. It was 3.30 on Sunday afternoon. Um, Celtics got out to a huge lead. They had like a a 96.1% win, win probability like late in the third quarter, up by 13. But then the Nets storm back, takes a lead. Um, and, you know, anyone that hasn't seen the ending to that game, check it out for sure. Marcus Smart to Jason Tatum at the buzzer, um, which was like, obviously the Celtics did not draw up the play like that, Spencer, but it was like, I don't think I've ever seen a game winner, literally a game winner at the buzzer like that, a layup. That game was nuts. Yeah, like a point blank, basically an uncontested layup. Um, I thought Kyrie could have done a lot better on defense there, and I feel like that wasn't talked about enough. Like, no, he but least- Kyrie did his part to like make it. He's being talked about plenty, and we'll get to that in just a second. But yeah, it, like yeah. I don't know. I think the Nets just like like I was watching it, and I just assumed that Marcus Smart was going to jack up that three from yeah. the wing, and I was like, well, here we go again, like a double team three pointer from fifty feet out. Uh, but then he just like found Tatum, who like surely was not drawing up. It was not drawn up that Tatum was going to cut to the basket. Like, and, and, you know, even before that, the play, like they had, the Celtics had a timeout. They didn't call it. Uh, They called the timeout previously with like 40 seconds to go. They got a wide open Jalen Brown layup uh, immediately in the two for one situation, then played badass defense. Uh, Then Horford got the rebound and, you know, the Celtics did not call a timeout. I was screaming for them to call a timeout, obviously. Didn't it seem like? Didn't it seem like the only people in the entire world, like the only the only people on the floor and the only people watching the game that knew how much time was left on the clock, were Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum? Like, yeah, they were, like, like, weren't rushing at all. They were not, and the, like they timed it perfectly. But it seemed like like all the Celtics players and definitely all the Nets players were like, okay, this is Marcus Smart has to take this right now. And that's why they bit so hard on that pump fake, dude. I, I can't remember a game winner being a layup like that. And I, I think, like, I, I know there have been plenty that I've seen, but not that wide open. And I think, like, even if Marcus Smart jacks up a three right there, there's a good chance Jason Tatum could be there for a follow. You know what I mean? Because it was such an unimpeded run to the rim. So I don't know. What yeah. Wild sequence there at the end, dude. Crazy sequence. Um, Kyrie ended up with 39 points, Durant 23. So they made up about 55% of the total points scored. Um, Celtics won 115-114. But after the game, Kyrie was asked about all the shenanigans that were going on between him and the Boston crowd. And it was like it was as electric as I've ever seen a player versus a crowd. Because usually the player does not give it back like at equally to the way they're getting it. And when they do, it becomes a huge deal. But Kyrie did it like in such a suave, but yet obvious way. He's literally flicking off the Boston fans behind his head, like before an inbound. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. It was crazy. Well, anyway, so they asked him about it after the game. Um, This is like a minute long clip. Let's hear what Kyrie Irving had to say after the Celtics 
beat the Nets game one in TD Bank North Garden? Look, I, I mean, I'm I'm just where I'm from. You know, I'm used to all these antics and people being close nearby. Um, you know, it's nothing new when I come into this building, what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan, but, um, you know, when people start yelling pussy and bitch and fuck you and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take uh, as a competitor. And, um, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Nah, fuck that's the playoffs. This is what it is. You know, I, I've, I know what to expect in here, and it's the same energy I'm giving back to them. It is what it is. I'm not really focused on it. It's fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, like again, this, where I'm from, I, I've dealt with so much. So coming in here, it, you relish it as a competitor. And, and this is, uh, you know, I'm going to keep repeating myself when I say again, but this isn't my first time at TD Garden. So what you guys saw and what you guys think is as entertainment or the fans think is entertainment, all is fair in competition. You know, so if some somebody's gonna call me out of my name, I'm gonna look at them straight in the eye and see if they really bout it. Most of the time, they're not. So Kyrie says that where he's from, that's how it's done, and he's gonna give it back to the Boston crowd uh, as much as they're gonna give it to him. I'm sort of torn on this, Spencer, because I hate Kyrie Irving. Obviously, I'm a Celtics fan. Like, right. I have reason to hate Kyrie Irving, right? I also respect the fact that he's a badass player, especially in clutch moments, and that he gets better it seems like when he's pushed like this, like when he's pissed off, he gets a lot better uh, in those situations. And that's terrifying as a Celtics fan playing them, you know, potentially for seven games. But I kind of like, I kind of like it as, as long as it doesn't go like over the line. You know what I mean? Like as long as it doesn't come to like race type stuff, then yeah. I'm sort of good with it. And I kind of like that Kyrie's giving it back to Boston fans. No, I, I like it a lot, and it helps that he had an awesome game. Like, if he was just stinking it up and doing this of kind course, of thing. Of course, yeah. If he, like, he had 39 points. Yeah, so that, that helps a lot. Um, it, I, don't, I don't know why he had to get, like, so, what's the word, tense with reporters. Like, of course they're going to ask him those questions. He's got to expect that. And, like, he should have had fun with it in the interview, too. I mean, I guess I get that they lost, but... It's okay to lose the game and be like, we're going to win the next one. You know what I mean? And answer those questions that you know are coming. So, and another thing is, is I I agree with you. That's like, I like to see that from athletes. I I liked it when Trey was telling the MSG fans to shut the hell up, basically. Or as quiet as fucking here last year. It's sort of the anti-LeBron and anti-Russell Westbrook way to do things. Like, instead of stopping the game, (laughs) like, you're hiding, like, you're trying to let the referees like trying not to let them see you flick the fans off behind your head. Like I like that. I like it too. Um, But Kyrie's from Australia, right? Like, no, isn't Kyrie? Yeah, he is. I thought Ben Simmons was from Australia. Ben Simmons is from Australia, but Kyrie was born in Australia, if I'm not mistaken. So So when he talks about where he's from, the Outback dog, we talking like down under. Yeah. We talking baby back, baby back, baby back. Baby back, ribs? baby back ribs. I don't know, dude. This, the, is that Kyrie... why he thinks the earth is flat? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's from Australia. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, I know he's not from, like, the hood. Like, I know he's not from, like, a real tough area. So, like, let's maybe chill with that narrative, bro. He was you born can... in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, like, you can you can chill with that narrative, bro. And you went to Duke. 
for all of one year. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Miss me with that. So. The mean streets of Melbourne, Australia. <laughs> How did I not come know on, that? Man. Yeah. Come on, man. Someone should have been like, pause, sus, pause, pause. Yeah, your, your life wasn't from, that hard, bro. There might have been some tough Melbourne. There might have been some tough stretches in there, but you, you're not you're not that guy, pal. You're yeah. not that guy. I know you want to be, but you're not that guy, pal. Yeah. Uh, anything else from the NBA playoffs? Um, Minnesota looks good, bro. Real T scary Wolves. if you're a Memphis fan. T Wolves, and you know what it is. Do you know what it is? What is it? It's Patrick Beverly. It's PBEV. You're right, dude. It's PBEV. PBEV is bringing, like we were talking about with the Hawks earlier, how they don't have any, like they, like it seems like Trey Young should not be the toughest guy on on the team fighting battles. I swear to you, dude, I would board the Titanic with Patrick Beverly. I would. I would Straight trust him. Like I would go to war with PBEV. And, and he's I was not so a good wrong player. about Anthony Edwards. I could not have been more wrong about Anthony Edwards. I was too. Like I, I gave some bad takes, and he was he was bad his rookie year. Like it, it took him a while to adjust. But I was wrong too. I didn't think he would had this kind of player in him. I thought, I thought there was like a five ten percent chance he became this player. I'll, I'll say that. I did not. I, I thought he had the athleticism to do it, but I just thought the shot selection was so terrible in college. Um, he's proved a lot of people wrong though. Like we, I think we're in the majority there. I mean, I think the if the T Wolves somehow beat Memphis, then they become, I think they instantly become the team that every single person roots for that doesn't have an NBA team in the playoffs. Yeah. Or like the casual fan that only tunes in for, like if the T-Wolves somehow make the Western Conference Finals against, say, Phoenix, the world will be rooting. Right. We, they project to play uh, or, well, Golden yeah, State next round. I guess, so, yeah, so even next round, if they make it a next round. Like yeah. playing Memphis isn't going to get the country really that involved. Memphis versus Minnesota, that's not going to move the needle. But notable, notable Hot Grits listener and former uh, competition winner, Jason Cheatham. I've sometimes called him Chatham. Uh, he's a Memphis fan. We've gone back and forth on Twitter before. So I'm interested to see uh, his take on it. I'm sure he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll shoot you a text and tell you to get a new co-host after this episode. Well, he's not wrong, but <laughs> there, there hasn't been a lot of resumes submitted. You like Nobody that one? Follow this up, dude. Nobody can follow you up. Yeah. Are you drinking right now? A little bit. Yeah, I've got a whiskey in hand. <laughs> of course you do. Fourteen-year-old uh, Carter, dude. I like. I still like Phoenix. I picked Phoenix in the preseason. I still like Phoenix in the West. So are we picking our, our teams that we like right now? No, I'm just thinking about the West, like outside of, like we talked T-Wolves. Golden State, like I like Golden State, but without Steph Curry, like I, I, I don't. Well, Steph's back. It was just. I know, but how... like, but do you, like how long has he been back? One game. So. I think he played 20 minutes off the bench. I, so, like, are we ready to declare the Warriors back to being the Warriors? I, I don't think know they're about the that. best team in the West. I, uh, in fact, that'll be my hot take. I think the Warriors are the best team in the West, if healthy. Really? Um, yeah, I, I think they're too deep. Um, and the, Phoenix is deep, too. Don't get me wrong. But the top-of-the-line talent, 
on Golden State, I think it's just better. Like, I think Steph's just a better player than Devin Booker, period, um, if yeah. he's healthy. Um, there's in uh, like, I guess they don't have a number two to match CP3, but if you go down the roster, like, so much more experience on that Golden State team, obviously, because of the dynasty. They fit a little bit better together in terms of like a, a playoff series. And I know the, the Phoenix Suns went to the championship last year, but I just think Golden State's a little bit more complete team. Like they've got the perimeter defenders, they've got shooters everywhere. Um, Draymond, you know, they've got the passing. I, it, you, you look at that, I, I think the Warriors match up well with Phoenix Suns outside of the center position. So that'll be the interesting uh, dynamic in that series. But I, I do, I like Golden State going forward in the West. Huh. I feel like we got to sponsor that segment from here on out. Spencer Maddox on the Western Conference playoffs. <laughs> that was pretty good, though, right? No, 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 that was really good, bro. I wasn't recording, though. So unfortunately, nobody will Bullshit. hear that. <laughs> Uh, you ready to talk Bravos? Yeah, let's do it. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports news one way or another for 20 plus years. Where can you find stories and information about the most outstanding student athletes in the Savannah area? PrepSportsReport.com. That's where. Led by our guy Carl Demasi and former area sports reporter Stephen Weeks, the Prep Sports Report is a reimagined website that wants to celebrate young men and women who are setting the high school sports standard in Savannah and surrounding areas. Go check out PrepSportsReport.com today. Go like Prep Sports Report on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at PrepSAV. PrepSportsReport.com, your number one source for local Savannah high school sports news. Atlanta Braves, five and six overall, heading into a three-game series in Los Angeles to take on the evil empire of the National League, the Los Angeles Dodgers, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Um, so you'll already know the result of Monday night's game. That's Waskar Yanoa versus Clayton Kershaw. Um, after the Dodgers series is the Marlins come to Atlanta. So the Hawks will be playing the Miami Heat, and the Atlanta Braves will be playing – the Miami Marlins uh, at the same time this weekend. But I, I guess, Spencer, we can start with the Bravos and and sort of backtrack. Do you want to take credit for Ozzie Albies hitting four home runs in five days immediately after you called him out last week? Absolutely, dude. I'm take a streak starter. Lap. Yeah, I'm a streak starter, dude. Literally the second we record that episode, that night, the streak starts. He's He's got like a over 1,000 – OPS since then. I love it. So how's Dansby Dan's doing? Um, not great. He had a couple doubles after I called him out. Um, hey, a little warning track power. Could be better though. Dansby hitting 158 with 18 strikeouts. 18 strikeouts in 42 plate appearances. He has three times as many strikeouts as he does hits. 18 Oof. strikeouts, six hits. So not great. Um, it's he's early. slugging. Dansby is slugging 263. Oof. Holy Christ, that's bad. Who else is bad? Eddie Rosario is shit now. He's terrible. 0. <laughs> 0.034. He's got one hit. He's one for 33. Or one for 29, I should say, to start the year. Uh, abysmal. That's terrible. pretty bad. 
Max Freed can go out there and hit you 250. I know. I'm just yeah, saying. I know you would advocate for that. I'm just saying. Maybe put Max Freed in the DH, dude. Well, he'd be East better Coast. than Alex Dickerson, who's hitting .050 with one hit and 20 at-bats. He's the primary DH along with Orlando Arcia, who Orlando Arcia has four hits, which makes him Babe Ruth in this lineup. Um, <laughs> Wait, dude, you look up you look up and down the lineup, and it's like, how in the hell did these bros win the World Series last year? How? Yeah, yeah you're wondering, It's man. wild, man. But – like uh, obviously Acuna is coming back. That's not enough, though. Like I stressed that last week. That's not enough. That does not make them a World Series contender, does it? Am I wrong? I think like okay, the players are there. Surely that they can at least. Travis, they're two bats. They're two huh? bats short right now. They're true. They're two bats short. They're two bats short. But all you, you cannot- need is one of these guys. Okay, so we know that Rosario is not going to hit point zero three four. So no, assuming, how, many points, how many points is that batting average going to come up? Assuming all those guys like become who they've always been throughout their careers, they're still a bat short. You can't be running out Orlando Arcia or Alex Dickerson every other day. No shot. Well, the ideal scenario would be four outfielders. One of them plays the DH. It's Ozuna, Acuna, Duvall, Rosario. That's the ideal scenario. But I hear what you're saying, and I get what you're saying. But I do think if Acuna comes back, he's going to hit leadoff. He's playing in Jacksonville this week. He's beginning his rehab. So he comes back, hits leadoff. So now you shuffle everyone sort of down one spot. And now you just need one of these guys to break out. You need Dansby to start hitting, or else you need um, Eddie Rosario to start hitting. Like Then your lineup becomes lengthened again. But right now it feels like it's June and July of last year where it's just like you get to the bottom of the lineup and there's guaranteed outs. But Spencer, I'll say all of that. There's still five and six. When you look at this start, like it should be way worse when you look at, at all the guys struggling so, so badly. Yeah. You know? Especially like Max Freed. Uh, even Ian Anderson had a bad start thrown in there and they're still only five and six. That's pretty surprising. Yeah. Anderson um, bounced back though. Had a really good outing. Yeah, um, his second time around. Uh, like I say, Waskar, you know it tonight, Monday night against Clayton Kershaw. I hope, I hope that he doesn't get shelled early because otherwise, that's going to be a long series against the Dodgers. What do you think about this coming up, dude? Do you think it's going to be a love fest for, with Freddie? You think everyone's going to be hugging pregame? Uh, that's what I, it's going to be. Bro. A bunch of nice guys. Uh, yeah, I mean. Ronald's not there, so I, I I would imagine it would be a little bit of a love fest with the players. Um, oh, yeah. We, we haven't even talked about that with what Acuna said about, like, basically saying, yeah. I didn't I didn't fuck with Freddie at all. I didn't really like that. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a language barrier there. Like, I don't think he was and, saying, like, I mean, the guy that interviewed him basically came out and said, after Acuna denied saying it, he was like, dude, that's exactly what you said. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't anyway, know how to what do you think that. about this series, though? Like, I have a the Braves always get mushed in LA too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'll say that uh, it's April baseball, though, dog. Like, could they go zero and three and like it not matter at all for the rest of the year? Of course, um, you'd like to well, see. Well, it them. matters to at least one guy, Brian Snicker. I mean, his seat, his seat is is getting. I don't know, dude. It's starting to preheat. Ooh, that's. 
that's that's a that's a good point, dude. I think I bump him up to what what did we say? It was that one. We were at a one out of three last. I think I'm pressing that little button, dude. Let's I think get so. Preseason, it wasn't on. No, he even, it was a zero. You could even say that it was a cool seat. It was a it was a you know yeah. a really new nice car that had seat coolers. But Atlanta's um, no longer an easy job, dude. The Hot Grits podcast is in town, dude. We've got to say now. We got to, that's correct, dude. We we kept the globe where it's at. We've got to say now. So, one out of three was last week. I'm saying two out of three, dude. You're putting them on two. I'm not going to put them on two. I'm not going to put them on two yet. I'm putting them on two with the caveat that once I get to three, if I decide I need to go over that, I can put the the heater on. You know, the car heater mm-hmm. on a you know 95 degree Atlanta day with Smoke the windows out. rolled all the way up. Smoke yeah. them out. Yeah, I like that. So I'm putting it on two. Like make it so warm in there, so hot and, and moist and sticky in there that you can. Uh, like you can write things on the window with your finger. Yeah. You know? We're going to sweat this guy out if we have to. Two out of three. Two out of three. Okay, I'm going to leave it at one. And I want to see right. what they do against the Dodgers and against – so I want to see what they do against arguably the best team in the National League. I, I don't even know if that's an argument. They're 7-2 and two to start the year. They are yeah, the best incredible. team in the National League. They're incredible. And then potentially one of the worst teams in the National League in the Marlins. Um, I mean, the Marlins aren't a pushover as they've been in years past, but so that gives you a good sample right there. And then by the time that they finish up with the Marlins, Acuna should be coming back and slotting back in. So like hang around 500, if they can win, I think, you know, win four of the next six, that would be ideal. Like that four and two would be nice, but really three and three, I'd be cool with. I mean, I, you can't expect Waskar Yanoa to on a regular basis, go out there and beat Clayton Kershaw in that lineup. Like that's yeah. When you just stack them up side by side, that's pretty unlikely. To that end, the Braves are plus one ninety money line to win tonight, which is really, which is pretty. Oh, I guess that's that's not. Yeah, Kershaw coming off of a seven inning perfect game, uh, in which he was pulled and he did not fight to stay in the game at all. Um, I don't know, dude. That sounds kind of tasty. I can't commit to that because then if the Braves lose, this episode is already out and the people will clown me for it. So I'm going to stay away from it. If the Braves win, though, I'll say that I thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that juice. I uh, I don't know, man. We said before the year that they need to just hang around 500 until Ronnie comes back and then yeah. maybe reassess. Uh I guess they're sticking to that. I guess it's been an okay start. Like, I guess it's roughly what you would want but it doesn't feel like that it feels like they've been playing bad baseball exactly but like what have we said in the past about other teams though if you can play poorly and still scratch and claw and win they they should not be five and six right now like no i I wouldn't think so either i feel like they should be a few like two or three games under 500 at the least yeah agreed. um all right well let's wrap up uh before we go on to a couple other things i want to tell you guys about avalu hemp shop in Savannah, Savannah's newest hemp shop at 106 West Gwinnett Street. Find new them sponsor all- alert. New sponsor alert. That's my buzzer. Avalu yeah. Hemp Shop. That's A-V-A-L-O-O. Avalu Hemp Shop, 106 West Gwinnett Street. Uh, Instagram, at Avalu Savannah. Uh, Delta 8 CBD products, gummies, um, products to smoke, products that you can eat, you can drink, lotions, dog food. Um, they got everything there, so go check out Avalu Hemp Shop 
at 106 West Gwinnett Street. Follow them online at Avalu Savannah on Instagram. Tell them we sent you uh, 420 coming up on Wednesday. So celebrate responsibly, of course. Go check out Avalu Hemp Shop uh, today. Spencer Jordan Spieth won the RBC Heritage. Jordan Spieth was resurrected. He rose once again on Easter Sunday. Um, and do I have a stat for you? Are you ready for this? Go ahead. Yeah. All right. Are you sitting down? I am not. I'm pacing around for no okay, reason. Okay. Well, just telling you, you might drop your drink here. This is a great stat. No chance I drop my drink. Continue. Jordan Spieth won on Sunday at the RBC Heritage on Easter Sunday. It was his third career victory coming on Easter Sunday. For the third time, he won on Easter Sunday. Next year, 2023, final round at the Masters falls on Easter Sunday. You got to like those odds, dude. You got to like those odds a lot. And uh, I'm I'm pissed that Easter didn't fall last weekend, or you know the weekend before, on the Masters because I bet on Jordan Smith, and of course he comes out and wins. <laughs> you didn't know that stat. I didn't know that that stat comes courtesy of a friend of the program, Brian, uh, told me that on the golf course on Monday. So Jordan Spieth is back. Speaking of golf course, Spencer, are you ever gonna make good on your bet that you lost the tournament challenge? You have to caddy for me. Of course I will. Are you ever going to actually do it? Or are we going to – like? Yeah, we will. I don't will. think it's going to happen. It's only been one week, dude. Wow. Since the since I beat you in the tournament challenge? No, since we were like, all right, we're doing, when are we doing it? You know, we've only, we've only missed one opportunity to do it. We've only been, like tried to schedule it once and I missed it today. That's on me. You know but what we'll I say? It. You know what I say? Every, every, every day is an opportunity. Yeah. It's an, oppor- well, it's an opportunity to get better. It's still early, you know? It's still early. Good point about early. Good point about it's time. Yeah, there's a lot of time left on the clock. I haven't died yet, so it's still early. Uh, that's true. Um, did you watch any of the Georgia spring game on Saturday? Hell no. Next. <laughs> <laughs> spring game, dude. Missed me with that. Uh, do you know Vanderbilt tied their spring game? They didn't win even in their spring game? That's the most Vanderbilt shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Can you believe it? They didn't lose either, though. Good point. Good point. I think both of their kickers for both sides, though, were, were males. So, roster construction, question mark. <laughs> no, roster construction, means, question mark. That means, uh, like, over under the amount of times we will say the word Vanderbilt after this episode, we're putting it at 0.5 because they don't have a girl kicker. I'm going to take the under. <laughs> okay, I'll take the under. All right, deal. How do they find you on Twitter? Follow me on Twitter, at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. Uh, I'll never bring up the Georgia spring game on my Twitter. I can promise you that. Trev, how do they find you? At Jadon Sports for me. At Jadon Sports for me. J-A-U-D-O-N Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Podcast Grits on Twitter for the show. The Hot Grits on Instagram. Hotgritspod at gmail.com if you want to email us. Until episode 112, stay oh, wait, safe. Wait, 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 One okay, more okay, thing. Okay. JT Daniels, officially a uh, West Virginia Mountaineer. Is that, is that what they are? Yeah, West JT Virginia. Daniels transferred to West Virginia like two weeks ago. 
Yeah, so we'll never we'll never hear about JT Daniels either. That theory is dead and dusted. He's not coming to Statesboro. It's over no, with. No, okay. I'm not ready to no, I'm not ready to retire that take yet. <laughs> I just I had to say something because I just had to say something. It's been the longest saga ever. We talk about this dude so much. In the <laughs> I mean, I don't bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Hey, you you got it in just in time, dude. I'm sure all yeah. of the listeners stayed for that. Yeah. Stay safe, wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace.